gentlemen, you listen to a very dear good fucking friend of mine. This is my boy Jimmy Flame. Oh, Ex extraordinaire, <laughs> extraordinaire of all things, all kinds of shit, man. A wrestler, a musician, <laughs> a motherfucking actor, a fucking fixer of fucking uh, podcast problems. <laughs> there He's you go. Creator, and, uh, artist. <laughs> So technically, this show's been going on for about 25 minutes already, so <laughs> the audience doesn't, and, doesn't need to know about that. <laughs> and, and he's charging us for this all the whole time, so... Uh, so oh, yeah, make, him, so. That's, that's what the money's at, dude. You know me. <laughs> that Jimmy, man, we love you. Japan, you know? That's right. We'll have to wait you in the States next time when I have all those problems. There we go, there we go. Jimmy, we love you. We play you all the time on the radio or, you know, whatever the fuck we want to call it, our little podcast and all that shit. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for letting us uh, use your music and, uh, you know, your likeness and all that shit. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, My likeness. <laughs> there it is. That's why well, he, did, he right. did the logos for us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the... Uh... The, I remember doing that, doing the uh, theme song with you over here at my little humble. That's home. right. Yeah. yeah. This is theme the motherfucker song. that did the punk up the airwaves theme song, and that's yeah, his yeah. Uh, girlfriend, his beautiful girlfriend, fucking doing the fucking backup vocals. You're in there too, right? Did yeah, I do what? Did yeah, of course. Punk yeah. up, punk up. Yeah, yeah. You know I had to get into that. <laughs> yep. So I mean, this is my go-to guy if I need anything done, man. You can get a, uh, you know, he's a producer, he's a fucking actor, like I said, anything, man, anything. You do the little, uh, the little computer technonics, uh huh, and all that shit too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do all kinds of shit. I just didn't want to. I don't know when I was growing up, I just didn't want to be bored, so I decided to learn everything. <laughs> right. If I could get my hands on it, I had to learn it. I'm still like that. It's nah, it's just crazy like that you know i you know i just get obsessed with shit and like i gotta know everything about it so <laughs> now nah, he's just a burger flipper from brunswick man Don't hey there you it. go there you go <laughs> i did do my fair share of burger so jimmy man let's fucking <laughs> let's talk about your wrestling shit man you getting back into wrestling anytime soon um probably not anytime soon um i did i mean as you know i did it for like over 20 something years and uh you know, I'm kind of beat up these days. I'm I'm having a good time just watching other people do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where do you train? Where did I train? Yeah. Um, I, a lot of different places. I started out with uh, this guy. Um, I started out here in Maryland um, back in the old Mid-Eastern Wrestling Federation really briefly before I ended up out on the West Coast. Um, that's really blues and all that. Yeah. That, well, I really, really got into it out on the West Coast because when I got out there, I already had a little bit of experience from being out here. And then um, I uh, met this guy, Tim Flowers. He was a Canadian wrestler um, and, uh, and another guy named Mark Ferguson. He was, they were all wrestlers out there and they had a wrestling school called the Torture Chamber. And I decided to go for it. And that's pretty much who I credit, you know, all my early training to is those two guys. So shout out Tim Flowers and Mark Ferguson. What's up? So about <laughs> what year was that? Shit, that was like, uh, I started in like 1995 and then I, First time I went out west was probably like 1998, somewhere in there, like 1998, something like that. So, what do you think the biggest difference between the guys coming out now going to schools than when you went to it? Possibly just the availability of it. Like, it was really hard to find wrestling back in the day. Um, like, I really had to find it. Like, it, you had to just go to like a match and then like, you know, talk to somebody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, there, there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of advertised wrestling schools out there. The few that were, were like really far away. There was like, you know, monster factory up in uh, the Philly area. That's kind of always been there. Um, and then there was like, there was one in California, I think uh, um, run by Buzz Sawyer back in the day. And then there was um, kind of like an NWA or WCW affiliate. I remember the power plant came along later, but that was more of like a boot camp. you know, kind of like shakedown. Let's see who, you know, who's got skills and, you know, whatnot. Uh, so it wasn't really like a school school, but, but yeah, you really had to find it back then. And I think the availability, like it's more, it's more like a mass availability these days. And I think that's the biggest difference is because then you got a lot of different people jumping in and doing it. It's not just like crazy motherfuckers like me, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not the only demographic, you know, the, the, you know, the curious that are like, Oh, I got, I'll got to see what, the, what this is all about. It's a, it's really opened itself up to a lot of different, people from a lot of different backgrounds i think you know people see, uh, seeking it out as opposed to 
that as opposed to wrestling seeking them out you know if that makes right. any sense so it does yeah there's i think there's many more schools like you said absolutely there's a lot of, yeah there's a lot of them these days <laughs> yeah i know a lot of people i train with at least a handful of them have their own schools now. oh there you go there you go do you remember the one up in hagerstown that's where i went oh shit okay yeah. cool cool you know what's funny about that one? I remember uh, uh, John Rambo, he was out West for a long time, like out in the Portland. And I, in a weird way, I've kind of like followed his career. You know what I mean? Like everywhere I ended up, like he just left. And I always thought that was funny, you know, because uh, when I finally came back to Maryland and I got a chance to, you know, connect with him a little bit, like online and stuff, I was just like, I just had to say, hey, you know what I mean? I was like, dude, I've been kind of stalking you my whole life inadvertently, you know, but but that's cool that that's where you went up there. That's rad. Yeah, like you said at the time, I was looking all around it. Yeah, you know, there was like EWA. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, was that over in Dundalk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And MCW, but yep. Uh, where I was living, it was easier just to go to Hagerstown. Yeah, I, I was going as uh, a manager. Okay, cool. That's awesome, man. Again, that was in like two thousand. Gotcha. Things gotcha. have changed a little bit since then as well. <laughs> yeah, things are a little bit different now. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, evolution happens. It's that's what people do. You know. <laughs> I think uh, Maryland has a lot of uh, good wrestlers in it. Oh, dude, this, like this said, state's Ricky always Blue. been a hotbed. Uh, yeah, it's always been a hotbed here. Like it's it, you know it's big stuff. It's always been big stuff around here. Um, you know, I kind of got lucky because uh, when I was living over in East Baltimore, there was uh, that's where MEWF was running. They were running out of Bingo Bills um, out in Essex at the okay. time. And I would go to their matches all the time. And I was finally one day, the, the announcer was like, hey, if you think you got what it takes, like call this phone number or whatever. So I called them up and they were like, yo, bring $50 on Monday or whatever. We'll see. We'll see what's up. And I showed up with 50 bucks. They beat the shit out of me and I kept going back. <laughs> <laughs> True uh, test right there. Yeah, yeah, the, the true test. Get, go and get stretched. You know, I don't think they stretch people anymore, but you know, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so um, what's up with your music career, man? Hey, any any chance the uh, the sexy boys gonna get back together? There's actually a lot of uh, a lot of people have been asking me about it, and it's for me, it's more or less like as soon as so if somebody wants to get serious about it. Sure, I'm on board, but I haven't really seen anything yet. You know, I, there's a lot of talking, but but uh, not a, not a lot of moving. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got a lot well, of people I, saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And, you know, I'm those, just kind of sitting here like, "All right, let's 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 do it." But I I think you need to send us. Uh, I really want it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you man. Need to send us that single. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll send it to you. Yeah, I mean, you can find it. I'd, I'd, I'd love to play it, man. Anywhere else? For us not to know, man, you can know you mean? tell us a little bit about that? Which one? For us, not in the know. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, this uh, is just bad. This is his band. He fucking toured all over the fucking place, man. He went all over the fucking world. He would start in Seattle, right? Yep, yep. Or That's kind of like started Brunswick. It's pretty much it. Yeah, because uh, Perry Perry Free was like an original member. Um, you, uh, Greg, you know Greg. Uh, he he's the guy that drives around that van and shit. He was an original member. Um, like a bunch of Brunswick cats, like Stevie Garrett, even for a second was in on it we got i mean you could ask them all the crazy stories about that stuff and what was the name of the band jimmy flame and the sexy boys and i was uh and then you know when i went out to seattle perry came with and we just kept it going and it just kind of became like this carousel of members type band you know what i mean like everybody you know a lot of a lot of different people from the seattle music scene were in the band at some point it was just kind of like this carousel of you know players it's basically just like who wants to go tour let's let's learn these songs and do it and you know, <laughs> I kept getting books, so I kept doing it. <laughs> Who'd you guys tour with? It was mostly us, but um, I mean, we would just, you know, like old school touring, you just play with whoever else is on the road at the time. Um, sometimes you get lucky with, with some cool bands. Sometimes you end up getting stuck with shit you're not really into. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. still... You know, it's still, you know, you still respect the other players because everybody's out driving around in a van, living like shit, you know, living the dream or whatever. And, you know, you just kind of just do it, you know. Hey, Jimmy, tell him, tell him the King Diamond story. Which one? Uh, from Dallas? Yeah, it's come <laughs> tell the King Diamond. 
Oh my god. So, I don't remember which do tour. It. I don't remember which tour. It was one of those one of those kinds of tours where you never know who you're gonna play with. We ended up getting booked um on a King Diamond show in Dallas because I guess that's where he lives. And I guess at the time, this is like probably the early two thousands, somewhere in there. Maybe maybe early to mid two thousands. I don't know. But nevertheless, we ended up playing at this club in Dallas and he was the um he was like the headliner or whatever. Um, it was one of those shows that we pretty much got on as a favor from somebody else or some shit. We were just needing a show, yada, yada, yada. Our people knew their people type thing. And it was just like, so we ended up getting on. I remember when we showed up, the booker came up and was like, hey, when uh, when King Diamond shows up, man, you can't, you can't look at him. Like, he doesn't like it when people look him in the eye. And I'm like, that's fucking weird, but all right, that's cool. You know, so we're just like getting drunk all day. Oh, shit, there goes my camera. That's funny. We're getting drunk all day just drinking beers and having fun. And all of a sudden, like the place got everyone just, you know, got all everyone that worked there got all weird. And like, they were like, Oh, he's here. He's here. I'm like, Oh shit. So I just kind of froze. I'm just like, what the fuck? And the next thing I know, there he is fucking King diamond come walking around the corner. Like he's super short. Like he's a lot shorter than I thought he was going to be. He come rolling <laughs> up and what do I do? I look him dead in the fucking eye. I'm like, I get ready to say what's up. And I just started fucking laughing, dude, because he looked at me right <laughs> I broke the, you know, I broke the cardinal rule like right away. And then, um, you know, they're all like, what the fuck, man? Would you do that for? And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, fuck you, whatever. And we just played the show as normal. And, and that was that. But that was just, that was a pretty funny story. The... <laughs> Did he show up with his makeup on already and all that? Oh, yeah. He showed up like ready to go, dude. Yeah. I, I forgot to say that. Yeah. No, he showed up <laughs> with like a bat cape and shit, like the whole fucking thing, man. And I'm just like, I'm just looking. I'm like, and I, my first thought is, how the fuck are you not gonna look this guy in the eye when he comes walking by you dressed like that? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna judge anybody ever for wearing whatever the hell they want, but it's fucking King Diamond. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> right. I'm gonna look at you, man. Shit. <laughs> I love you, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you got any other crazy stories? A zillion of them. A lot of my cave and say stick here. Out. Stick out. Stick out. <laughs> you can say whatever yeah, we want it all man. Time, so we um we played a lot of shows over in idaho because we actually lived there for for you know before i ended up in seattle and um there was this place called the rat house that we played at all the time it was like this little german pizza shop and i was like probably one of the only places in northern idaho that would book us because we were we had a reputation just for being you know a bunch of crazy drunk motherfuckers you know what I mean? it's like music was secondary type thing it was like let's just go party and see what happens but um we we came fucking wrecked of course come pulling up to the show and i ended up smashing the, the van into the back of the fucking building uh. <laughs> we're like we're here we got, we got falling out the van and shit like we're here man and they're just like motherfucker like how are we gonna pay for all this shit because <laughs> we totally just we're doing donuts in the parking lot and shit and end up smashing it in the back of the fucking venue <laughs> uh. Well, you know, shit like that, just people being crazy, you know, getting drunk and, you know, just acting like fools, you know. <laughs> was it hard to get shows while you're in Idaho? No, yes and no. We, well, we had, we had a little bit of support there, but it was mostly, mostly like we just tour. Like that's kind of my introduction to touring was, was just, was just being there and like out of necessity having to just travel just to, just to get your name out there. And at the time, there was a magazine called Maximum Rock and Roll that had the book your own fucking life book and all that stuff. And you would just call people up and just tell them like, hey, I'm going to be in in your area on this date or whatever. Do you got anything? It was, it was really like old school punk rock style. You know, there what you know, you didn't email people. You actually had to make phone calls and and it got real crazy trying to book the tours because you booked the tours and you had to have an actual map. <laughs> Try driving right. through Chicago with a freaking map. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit was gnarly. I don't know why my camera keeps doing that. But um, in Idaho, did you ever come across um, Life After Johnny or? Yes. Vegas? Yeah, they were from Boise, right? Yes. Absolutely. Then yeah. Then he turned into uh, Adverses. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Now you're then, talking, man. Yeah, I used to do. I totally Venus remember all well, those bands. And I used to write letters back and forth with Bud. That's oh yeah, dude. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I knew all this. Guys, I man. actually That's crazy. went. Adverses played in New York. And I That's was actually awesome. there visiting a friend, so he went and saw, I think it was Adversives, Submachine, Anti-Flag, and uh, Ballion Nation. That sounds like a pretty dope show, dude. Yeah, it was. It Especially was for back in the day like that. 
Did you um did you ever follow any of the stuff up in Spokane, like the fumes or anything like that? Yeah, the fumes. I have dude, um, they were my, the fumes was my jam inches. back in the day, dude. Yeah, I have some yeah. of seven inches. That's freaking awesome. I think awesome. they did a split with all you can eat. Yep, yep. I remember uh Terry Grobel um RIP, like he he was like the guy that booked everybody around that area back then. And he really he was the dude that like gave me all the opportunities to play with everybody. Oh wow. Like for some reason, like he took a like he was a cool guy and all, but he was like uh just this old school like rock and roll dude, like you know, the big glasses, he wore the flipped up hat and shit. And like me coming out of Maryland, I was just I just thought that was cool looking, you know. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? That's that's cool. You know, but he booked uh, all that. So like Zeke, um, mm-hmm. the fumes. I'm, I'm still in touch with Zeke um, for the most part uh, with Marky and all them. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's fucking rad, dude. You brought up some Boise shit right there. Yeah, tell me some some songs. What? Oh, I tell have, have some songs. I have. Some well, you can dude. probably find it. Yeah. Yeah, and I have Life After Johnny. I have some verses. That's rad, dude. I'm trying to remember, like, who else was coming out of there at the time? Because Boise had a pretty kicking, like, punk scene in the 90s. They were kind of like, I remember when Seattle blew up. It was like, you know, a lot of the grunge stuff. But then it's like, there was this whole, like, punk movement happening, too. And, like, it was all connected to, like, Portland, Boise, Spokane. Like, basically, the whole Northwest was as spread out as it is was... You know, it was like one big thing, but it was also like really distinct, like d- depending on where you went. Like, right. it was more like kind of like a greaser vibe up in like the Spokane area. It was, kind of crazy. It was I mean, I don't know what was going on down there. It was like, it was just cool shit, you know. And then Portland was, you know, kind of pop, you know, pop punk. And then, you know, Seattle was, you know, it was just kind of like this hybrid, like grunge, you know, punk shit going on. It was, it was a cool place to be at the time. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, so what's your biggest influence? Biggest Music. influence? Probably just being alive. Yeah. <laughs> trying to have <laughs> it, surviving, trying, right? to, trying to keep a have a good excuse to just be myself. You know, if I wasn't doing any of that stuff, man, I would just be a fucking mess, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what attracted that's why you're me extraordinary. To, like, but that's what it, that's what attracted me to like the music and and other art forms. Like I always consider pro wrestling like an art form. Like if you're getting on stage and you're performing, I mean, there's an art form, there's, there's an art to it, you know? And, and um, that's Absolutely. What, you know, that's what attracted me to it was like, Oh shit, I can do all this. And then there's, there's my, there's my reason for being a fucking weirdo is right there is, you know, <laughs> right. Fuck yeah. That's my crutch, you know? So I, who knows, who knows what I'd be doing if I didn't find all that shit, you know? Ah, come on, give me something. Give me like the Ramones or something. Oh, you want bands? Yeah, of course the Ramones. Yeah, you know, come on, come on, come on. Uh, Like Ramones, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, like all that 70s stuff. Um, Dead Boys, you know, I can go down a whole list of generic, you know, bands that everybody likes if you want. (laughs) <laughs> you know but then um you know then if you want to talk like some of the what are you into now what's it what's the new thing you're into now uh right now what's that shit you sent me that one time that japanese band what's that band you fucking oh guitar wolf me? i've always loved guitar wolf oh, dude they're oh like, my god I they were fucking great love this guy great. dude i mean they're to me are to me they're like the epitome of like all that is fucking awesome about rock and roll like it's just really energetic loud as fuck music like they don't give a shit they're just you know having fun man and it's 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 great even like all the way down to the how, how they record they're you know blowing shit up you know what i mean it's like i, I just love it you know love it. And they've been around forever too i remember i remember seeing those guys in like the 90s you know <laughs> and it's crazy to see them like they're still doing that like that high energy like they haven't they haven't lost a bit dude they haven't lost nothing. I mean, they're they're, right. they're fucking great, dude. Love that band. So Jimmy's uh, got some movies uh, out too. Uh, you want to tell us about your movies? Sure. Again, it was a, I guess another one of those things. Like let's let's try something else. You know, so another right. art form, and you know, <laughs> keep the weirdness going. Uh, but I've been in a couple movies. Uh, Wrestle Massacre is probably the one that, if anyone's heard of it, that'd probably be the one of the ones that, you know. Uh, one of the ones that I that I really like doing. I mean, I, I like the more popular one. Yeah, that but I did that. I did a movie called Death Board. It's a horror flick. Um, both of those were directed by Brad Twig, um, out on Fuzzy Monkey Films. You can find them on like Tubi and all that shit. Um, 
You can also order the DVD if you want. I think if they still print them, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I've done a lot of um, other work too. Uh, like I've been on like The Resident, you know, that, that Fox TV show or whatever as a background actor. Same with like MacGyver and um, like, what was that other one that I did? It was that uh, MacGyver uh, Dynasty, the remake of Dynasty. I was a background actor on that one for, for a second. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, doing what I got to do not to, not to go work at Burger King, you know, <laughs> <laughs> staying busy, you know, hell yeah, man. But yeah, so, check uh, out Wrestle Massacre if you want to, if you want to see a, a real, like a, like an 80 style, like just like senseless horror flick, you know, the, the whole plot of that movie is, uh, there are a wrestler, this guy, Richie Acevedo, who's the, uh, Cuban assassin junior his dad was the original Cuban assassin um he's like the main character and he um gets rejected you know he's he's trying to uh he's kind of like this lawn worker guy and he gets rejected by this woman and he and he gets embarrassed and like and he tries to go to a wrestling school and then when he gets to the wrestling school they embarrass him basically beat the shit out they stretch him out you know and then he just decides I'm gonna kill everybody so the rest of the movie is just him going around in his wrestling gear like fucking people up with wrestling moves and it's just you know all the gore in it is like it's analog it's like there's no cgi in it at all all that stuff was done like on scene like you know with the fake blood and the and the and just the the effects were were all live like really uh brad did a really good job on all that stuff and that's usually like the praise that that movie gets it's never about like the storyline or anything like that or the acting or anything it's always like the gore is cool because <laughs> because it was you know done like the the old way like there's no computer graphics in it squirting out fucking real fake blood shit yeah man and like how they did it was with pumps and shit it was really cool to see how they pulled all that stuff off of like pumps and tubes going up through your clothes and you know it was it was just cool it was really cool <laughs> Is there anybody uh, that you uh, you think is the coolest person to work with uh, as far as acting goes? Acting, I mean, I, I I mean, it's just fun to be on set. So everybody, <laughs> you know, right. it was fun working with with Richie Acevedo in uh, Russell Masker because we spent like anytime we weren't on on set like filming, we were just talking shit about old school wrestling because he's uh, he's probably in his fifties now, so he was like right before me when he was coming up. So he, I was kind of like on the tail end of of his experience, you know, with the old school, because like when I got in, it was just kind of like, there was, there was definitely a transformation happened, but it was still like very old school, old school mentality. And like, you know, the stretching and, you know, stretching people out and like making it really hard for people to get in and, you know, all that stuff. So it was, it was just cool talking to someone, you know, of his caliber, you know, about those days. Cause you don't really, you don't really get to have this conversation as much anymore with people. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what's it like being in a band with uh, yours truly uh, there, buddy? Uh, what's what's it like being in a band with me? Oh, it's so amazing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are we talking about the oysters hey, now? What's that? Hey, Are talking about the oysters now? Yeah, the oysters, tuna, I don't, well, I don't. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but we did actually have a little band that we were fucking, uh, we played some shows with. They were called the Stinkoids. Oh, yeah, the Stinkoids, yeah. Oh. And, and uh, you know. Yeah, he played yeah. a couple times. I think we think we played him. Like ain't I probably got played a little bit, you know. Yeah, we played that song a little bit, but that was a fun that was a fun band to do, but it didn't last very long, like any good punk band. <laughs> no, you're it's a blast. A bunch to play of buddies with. just getting together. You're a blast to play with, man. I'd tell I would do it again. I mean, you're you're fucking fun as shit. I was talking to you about like the do what's right. I told you before, I was like, Y'all need another guitar player, man. Let me know. <laughs> I'll call you out right here on the show, baby. Right, right. Hey, so All we do have cool. another. We do have that other project, the oysters too. Uh, yeah, yeah, the bedroom project. So, so when are we gonna hear some so else from them? Well, Kenny got access to that music. He can play it on the show, Kenny. Yeah, but we need some new stuff. Well, you got to come over, man. You got to come over and let's do it. <laughs> We're never gonna reveal our secret about how we record either. <laughs> Didn't she just but that, that's a fun Never. project. You know, pop Kenny pops over to the apartment once in a while, and you know, I fire up the studio here, and we just you know make some shit. It's basically anything goes. It's like if you got a got a funny you know cool idea, let's do it. You know, it's, it's real lax like that. So, well, you said you did the theme song in like five minutes. 
Yeah, man. That's how we do it. <laughs> All the good shit happens. Yeah, I just, quick, you know, I just go over, I grab the guitar, I show him the riff, and then he whips it up on the fucking, uh, the dick, you know, the computer and shit, man. It's fucking great. Boop, boop. Done, done. I only got it. You ain't got to, you know, you ain't got to play it twice. <laughs> cause, uh, that, cause that's another thing. This guy's a fucking, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a musical genius, man. If you know, if you got a fucking, like you got another side gig, ain't it? Where it's, you just, you talk to people and you treat them figure out and all that too, but you're a producer and you're a fucking director and everything else. Right. All kinds of shit, dude. Yeah. Like my last, like, um, I was doing a thing for a while over in Baltimore, this, um, over at uh, Baltimore city, you know, public schools, like their, their system over there. Um, it's called media rhythm Institute. I was working for them. Really, really great organization. Like check them out. If you get the opportunity to do that, they do some really great stuff in the schools over there. Music wise, they've got some really cool programs. They got a studio, uh, full, full on like movie, movie, um, music, live production studio, like full on. It's the old bank of America near, uh, cannon yards. Right down, you know, downtown Baltimore and Howard Street, um, they got some cool stuff going on there. But I was working for them for a while, going around to the schools, and our program was basically like we were getting kids excited about making music, but we weren't doing it in a traditional sense that like you had to learn how to play a clarinet or a trumpet or something like that. Do it if that's your thing. But you know, we you know we were we were teaching kids how to make like full on records, like you know, you know, hip hop records, and we would release like actually release them and like show them you know, every step of the way and how to, how to make a record, like whether, whether you, you wanted to draw a poster or something, we, you know, we had, there was a job for you, whether you wanted to MC, sing, make beats, you know, whatever, um, you know, make the artwork, do the advertising, whatever we, you know, you would in this class, you would have a job. And so uh, again, it wasn't like the traditional music class where you, it was, you know, you went in and everything was regimented. You had to do all that. We just treated it like a like a recording session. Like we would bring the, the equipment in. I'm like, all right, where's my singers at? You know what I mean? Who wants to, you know? And it's and you challenge them. It's like, all right, you think you can rap? You well, get up here on the microphone and show it to me, type thing, you know. And um, it was a really really cool program. Uh, I, I'm still in touch with them. Um, um, and again, they're, you know, the uh, Media Rhythm Institute. So definitely check them out. And that was uh, uh that's just one of the. One of the things that I do, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, I guess the educational side or, you know, doing music production aside from doing my own stuff right now. One thing we didn't talk let's... about is your play by play. Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah. You want to touch base on that? Yeah, man. That's kind of always been a side little superpower of mine. It's again, it all comes down to like, I'm, you know, what's going to keep me from being bored, you know, let's go, let's go try everything type thing. But uh, yeah, right now I do uh, baseball and basketball play-by-play for uh, Dundalk College over in, uh, they're located east side of Baltimore, basically Dundalk. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that area, but um, it's part of the CCBC, the community colleges of, of uh, Baltimore County, like Catonsville's in it, Essex is in it, Dundalk. Um, and I do, uh, you know, we air the baseball games, we air the basketball games, and I just do play-by-play. With baseball, I'm more of the like the expert analyst because I've actually played baseball and I'm really into it. And I know a lot about it. Uh, but with basketball, I'm just like kind of like, you know, the 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 side guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, I'm just doing the um, the color commentary for all that. But it's 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 fun to just because uh, I've you know kind of dabbled in radio in and out my whole life, um, all the way back to you know in the '90s getting my first radio gig. You know, so it's kind of like something like that's kind of like always been around. It's just sort of a, an extension of it kind of keeps me in that, in that, in that universe. And it's just fun to call baseball and basketball too. When are we going to see you with the Frederick keys? When are you going to see me in the Frederick? You got to talk to the Frederick keys about that. <laughs> they already got a really good play by play guy. So <laughs> they'd have to, he'd have to move on or something first. <laughs> <laughs> And he was even in some uh, some of that too. Uh, that there's uh, other leagues, you know what I mean? The, the, weren't you playing baseball there for a while? Weren't oh, you? Oh yeah, yeah. I was playing in a DC Wood. It's like a kind of like a semi-pro rec ball type league. Uh, it's out of the DC area. Um, it's a lot of like like college players and former. Um, you know, there's there's some some former major leaguers in there. Some people that did. <laughs> Um, you know, triple A ball, like, you know, minor league baseball, stuff like it's just kind of like a league, 
you know, when you got nowhere else to land, you just, you know, go to a place like that and play. And uh, that was fun. Uh, tried it for a couple years, like seeing if I could still play and showed myself that, you know, I can't really play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can't pitch. There's no way. Like my arm would turn to lead after like, after like six, seven pitches, man. It was, it was wild. So what but, position uh, did you play then? My main, when I was playing baseball coming up, um, my main position was shortstop and pitcher. And I would catch sometimes. Like if our catcher needed a break, I would be the guy to catch. But um, yeah, man. Uh, towards the end, I was in right field or sitting on the bench. <laughs> what the fuck is Festus doing over there? A what? I hear all that noise in the background of Kenny. I said, "What's he doing over What's there?" What's Festus? So uh, you know, I, my midget over there is uh, wandering around. I think or something like that. <laughs> Kenny's got his houseboy over there. Hey, Jimmy, we do do a beer testing, man. What's your favorite beer? Dude. Probably just something light, like Pats or something like that. But I'll drink any. I mean, There you go. Miller Lite's a good one. Right? Yeah. Well, we're old men now. We can't fucking do yeah. the Guinness and all that shit. We love the taste. Well, I like but, Guinness. Uh, you know, I, Guinness is my jam. I love Guinness still. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I haven't really drank that much since, like, last year. Like pretty much like the tail end of the pandemic. I don't know. I just I bought a six pack and it's still sitting in my refrigerator. I haven't touched it since. Right. Probably because nobody comes to see me. <laughs> nobody cares about Jim Flame no that's, more, brother. Oh, that's nobody cares about old Jimmy Flame no more. <laughs> nobody comes to see me no more, brother. You know, hey, you got to hey, change so, that, um, right? Hey, so you still do the graphic work? You doing graphic work for people? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, um, I got kind of lucky and became one of the um, like the uh, featured artist streamers on uh, through Adobe. So I do I go to Behance all the time and I'll do like tutorials there. Like if you go to Behance.net forward slash Jimmy Flame, you can see all my stuff on there. But I stream on there all the time. I'm do always doing some kind of drawing, some kind of art. Like I guess one of my little secret side powers is like I like to do like business logos, like design stuff like that. And then just draw like personal, you know, just paint and, and uh, draw silly cartoons and stuff like that. And, you know, I'll stream a lot of that, like a lot of this technique stuff that I do to show other people, especially, um, you know, because uh, a lot of art's going digital these days, whether you start, you know, analog wise and then scan it in and then put it out digitally or whatever. But, um, you know, I've really gotten to know, to really gotten to know and become an expert in a lot of the software used for all that stuff. So I'll, you know, I'll be online like frequently like doing courses and free classes and stuff like that for that. Hell yeah. So I'm just letting you know, we got the five minute warning and all that shit's coming up. Uh, so uh, I hope we got yeah, it all. No. <laughs> I always forget how much shit I do until somebody like you's like, all right, let's talk about this and this and this and this. And I'm like, damn dude, I really do all that. Cool. <laughs> well, you, you got any thoughts? About? Anything you want to talk about that we didn't touch on? Um, well, you that know, we don't know about that you don't know about. <coughs> Shit, I don't know. anything? I don't, know. I don't really ever think about myself. I don't because I'm just a doer. You know what I mean? So I don't sit back and think about all this cool stuff or whatever. Um, I want to be. I want to do. Uh, I've done race car driving before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit, I bet you could do it, motherfucker. This well, I'm trying to get another sports. Thing, I'm trying to get another sports car. I had to get rid of my. I had an '86, a Toyota '86, um, and then the pandemic hit, and then, like money went crazy, and all, so I ended up having to sell it. So I'm trying to get another one. Um, but I mean, that's going to take some saving. I mean, I don't make the the kind of money I used to make. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I I got to be real real tight with my loot right now and try to save up to get another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Would you go to like Buzz Creek and all that? Where where's that? Bud's Creek. That we used to take. Oh, is that the one in West Virginia? No, um, Southern Maryland. Oh okay. no, I haven't. I haven't been to any of the stuff around here. Like pretty much since I got. Yeah, I haven't been to any of the stuff around here. The only one that I was aware of was um, I know that seventy five and eighty used to be a thing, but they've been closed down for a long time, right? Unless somebody opened it back up. And then there was is that um, the one in Hagerstown. Yeah, it's up there. there. It's up near there somewhere. And then there's another one in West Virginia um, that my buddy Kevin goes to. He takes his, uh, he's got a Corvette that he takes out there and he just, you know, just ravages that thing out there. <laughs> he does not have it. He doesn't have it built for street. That's for sure. 
when he takes it out there and goes crazy <laughs> in it and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, I, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of want to get back in. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's just kind of like, how much do I want to do it? And if I really want to do something, I just, I'll make it happen somehow, you know, <laughs> but uh, I guess plug what we got three minutes. It says plug wise. I would like to plug yeah. my music and all that good stuff. Uh, you can look up Jimmy Flame on uh, Apple Music or Amazon or pretty much anywhere that you get, you know, all your music from. Um, you can uh, also, if, you, if you're more into like the art stuff, you can find me just, you know, my socials, facebook.com forward slash Jimmy Flame 77. Uh, Jimmy Flame 77 pretty much everywhere except for Adobe, which is uh, behance.net forward slash Jimmy Flame. So check out my stuff, y'all. So why don't you tell everybody how you got your name, Jimmy Flame, by the way? Um, well, my dad was known as James the Flame for a long time in like the Baltimore, like Maryland music scene. He did a bunch of stuff. He was kind of like a side man also for he did a lot of stuff like uh, played with a lot of like, you know, the big, big artists at the time. Because, you know, as you know, a lot of them traveled without bands like they would do pickup bands. Well, my dad was the guy that was one of the guys in the area that would put together pickup bands for a lot of these um, traveling musicians. I mean, he was known as James the Flame. And then uh, when I was growing up, when I started playing music, like he basically forced me to start playing music. Music wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do at first. He was a musician and he needed a drummer. And he was all like, you're going to learn how to play the drums. And I was just like, I don't want to do that because I was shy. I didn't want to be in front of people. You know what I'm saying? But right. my dad, like being a strict dude that he was, like I couldn't say no. So he kind of like forced me to play drums in his band. And I turned out to be okay. So thank goodness I stuck with it. But um, but uh, everybody just started calling me Jimmy Flame because it was a, a younger sounding way of James the Flame, right? So everybody was like, would call me like little Jimmy Flame and all that stuff. And, and it just stuck. I didn't really set out to use that as like a stage name. But then once promoters, like when I started going out when – you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, like playing my own shows. Once promoters found out about that stuff, they're like, nah, we're going to put Jimmy Flame on the flyer or we're going to put Jimmy Flame on the marquee because it's a cool name or whatever. And I was always like, man, because I always tried to like, hell yeah, hell yeah. But it just worked against me. So eventually I gave up. I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be called whatever you guys want to call me because I really enjoy getting out because I want to play. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make this like my life and shit. So I just rolled with it and like, you know, I'm glad I stuck with it because it's, you know, it, it's, it's literally who I am, you know? So <laughs> that's the short version Hell of the yeah. story. <laughs> Hell yeah, but fuck you, dude. I love you, buddy. I uh, just wanted to let you know, we got that one minute warning and all that shit. And, uh, you know, hey, I love you too, dude. Hey, you should tell everybody, Hey, you're listening to Jimmy flame. And and I'm gonna punk up the airwaves right. and everybody can go fuck themselves. What's up, everybody? This is Jimmy Flame. I'm listening to Punk Up the Airwaves. Now you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Save that as a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that works. Hey, thank, hey, thanks for letting us play your music, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hey, play anything you want, bro. Thank you. I, I appreciate yeah. the support. Absolutely, man. Fucking, you know. We're gonna throw some moisters on here on this bitch, I think, too, bro. <laughs> we got like eight songs, man. Come on, let's go. What you gonna go do that Fuck for? Yeah, man. What you gonna what do you with gonna that do phone? <laughs> I gotta do I gotta get that interview released. Oh, yeah, we're cool going do it. The do shower it. interview's yeah, coming, he, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the, the shower. One? He's in the shower. Oh. This oh this one. No, one you on, ain't uh, seen it yet. You ain't seen it yet. Love you, buddy. Straight, I feel like a shirt. Oh! Oh! 
rock and roll. Ass pocket full of rock and roll. Ass pocket full of rock and roll. Ass pocket full of rock and roll. Title holder, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. This is Jimmy Flame. Ow! I just want to let everybody know out there there's this little man running around named Quiz. He wants to bring a sword to the ring. He wants to threaten my life. He wants to threaten all the fans because the fans know I love him. And I love myself and I love this belt and I love the Rebel Souls. Well, let me tell you something. April 24th, you want to bring your stinking butt down to the ring? You want to challenge me for the television title? Kevin Brandt, do you think he even deserves to be in the ring with the most, the most craziest rock and roller ever to step in a square circle? Not at all, but I can't help it. Let, you, you won't take care of him, though. Let you me will. tell you something. I'm going to go beyond taking care of him. I'm going to tell you right now. We got heartthrob Eric Hansen. He's got his eyes on some really, really big things. We got sexy time. We got the craze, Paul Rays. Going after Tag Team Gold. I've already got the television belt. What makes you think you should be in the ring with me? What makes you think you should even get the rub from the Rebel Souls, brother? Let me tell you something. You just show up because it's going to be the last time you ever put your foot in a square circle. Tell Kevin. That's right, Rebel Souls. On April 24th, we're going to have this guy still be the champion. One of the other Rebel Souls in that main event is going to be the heavyweight champion. And if whoever doesn't win, then the Rays, Paul Craze, the Rays, whatever the hell you want to call it, and Mr. Sexy Time, doesn't matter. All the belts are coming to Rebel Souls. One of them, you can be there. You know I never, I never seen you look so good. You never act the way you should. But I like it. Until 
Get down now. 